okay. as a as a sound mic for the room. Yes. Those rooms on those that microphone me and James were using was just in case the this one failed. Right. And today the internet's up and it's how it should be, so we'll be good to go. Okay. But um, it's not going to be inter interruptions today. Yeah, that's like radical. Last time, which I'm is with good. it, man. And that angle's gonna look silly, so I'm gonna change it. Yeah, we'll do a little. We'll do a, maybe it's a little crooked, you know. Yeah. Hey, that ain't so bad. I mean, you know, the, the the beautiful thing about being human is that we can never truly be perfect, but that's what makes us unique. People, yeah, people you know? think we're gonna arrive in life. I know so many people who have so many goals on like making it in life, and I'm like, you're not, you never make it. You're already there. You're not, and you have to decide that for yourself. People are like, when I get here, I'm gonna feel this way. Yeah. Well. I tell people all the time, I learned this in college, my first year of college, um, that, you know, honestly, like you can want to arrive on something like whether it be a championship ring or whether it be a sports right. win or a new degree, but you're never going to feel fulfilled that way. You're going to, yeah, you need to use that information as like a term to grow on and well, a way you know, to get uh, going. You know, there's uh, the, the movie Cool Runnings, right? There's a quote from that movie and it's like a gold medal is great, but if you're not enough without one, you'll never be enough with one. Yeah, right. I was like, "Ooh, well, it's true." I mean, that hits, man. You know Chris Lou, right? Chris Lou or Chris Lee at the gym, Chris purple belt. Lee. Chris Lee, purple belt. He's skinny like me. He's built like me. Really, I feel like now. I've met him before. I've met a lot. He's of really guys. tough. He's really yeah. nice. And one day we're rolling, and I was like, "Bro, I've seen you beat up other guys who are like going harder than you." We roll, we flow roll. Why aren't you trying to beat me up? And he's like, "Man, I don't want to try to beat you up because I'm going to win a medal tonight. There's no medal tonight, no matter how good I yeah. do." Yeah. So I was like, I understand what yeah, you meant by dude, that. Like and it always resonated with me when you said that too. It's not like we're winning tournaments in practice. Like practice is where you like work on the stuff where like you, you work on the stuff that you're not sure about. Like in practice, it's totally okay to screw up and get the suck out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if you go to war every time you go to jujitsu, you're going to be really aged by the time you're 40 or 45. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to walk over with a hunchback <laughs> when I'm 45. I want to stand taller than I do now with better posture than I currently have my posterior chain. Yeah, because <laughs> that's painful not to. And when we're both personal trainers, like we understand how important it is to be healthy and stand upright. Because it starts with a small hunched shoulder, and before you know it, you're on a walker and you're seven. Yeah, years you're old. looking like Quasimodo or something, <laughs> man. Like I, I tell you, like from playing guitar too. Yeah. Like, like I, I, when I play guitar, I go like this, and I like I look down, and I had to like force myself to fix. Is there it. a way to do that? Is you do like actually do exercises holding your chest out to? Have your arms back to be able to strum at the same time. So like when I'm standing, it's different than when I'm sitting. Okay. Right. So yeah. if I'm sitting down and playing guitar, like I physically like I like relax. But when I'm standing up, I have the strap like on so I can like look around. And whenever I would practice and stuff, like the, the idea when I practice is um is to be able to play the song like while you're still, I'm just like looking around at what's around me. Yeah. When you're playing a show, like your your goal is to you can't just look at the guitar the whole time. Yeah. And like your goal the song. is to entertain. Like if you're like in a prog metal band where like you have to pay attention to every single thing that you're doing, then I can understand that. But you know, people forget you have to pay attention to what you're doing because a lot of the time people think you can just like you're a guitarist. You know, you can just kind of drift off, and you can't because they're very focused. No matter how much they look like they're not focused. They're very much in the zone. Like, I never seen a guitarist do a show and just look down at his guitar or not sing harder in the microphone. Like right? it's entertainment. Well, business. yeah, like, if you don't, no one wants to see if it. If you're not entertaining, no one's going to show up. And that's, <laughs> like, and that's yeah. we have that problem in jujitsu right now. People are trying to make like matches that are, Oh, I won the match, but you're not, I didn't see anything, dude. I watched you hold that guy down or I watched you like, you know, leg attack the guy in 30 seconds. And that's yeah. cool, but we didn't see very much. I like the guys who are learning that the longer you keep the match going, 
the match going, the better off you are and the better results you have. Right. Man, you know, the uh, that match that you put on Facebook with um, Uriah Faber and Nicky Ryan, mm-hmm. that was a good match. Yeah. People, I love it. People don't like watching that match because they think it's too um, just low to mid-level guys of jiu-jitsu. And Nicky Ryan, of course, being Gordon's brother and Uriah Faber being who he is. Without having yeah, the else. California kid, man. <laughs> The guy like, who finished fights without hands. It's crazy. It's, he's a beast, man. Like, it, I'm glad we still have a strong reputation of wrestlers and jujiteros in like high level MMA. Yeah. Like, and then your man, Gary Tonin, bro. Like he's out there just tearing it up. Dude. Gary is, is a, is a yeah. savage dude. Now he's People got- don't give that guy enough credit, but Gary doesn't try to overmarket himself. A lot of these guys try to talk all the shit and overmarket themselves. Gary's probably one of the most hardest working martial artists in the game. Oh, yeah. But no one talks about it because he's, so, he's always so training. quiet. You know, him being in Singapore kind of has something to do with it because, like, if you think about, like, what – when I think about 1FC, I'm like Gary Tonin, DJ, Rutolos, Rod Tang, and yeah. that's, like, the only guys I know. Yeah. Like, so – but but it, that, not for lack of talent. There's crushers out there. I just don't watch enough of it. No, yeah. you got to watch – like, like people say recently, you have to go watch sports-specific guys before they get to MMA, whether it's a Muay Thai match, whether it's a kickboxing match, a boxing match, yeah. and watch how they translate to MMA. You don't see a lot of boxers. And due respect to boxers, they're awesome, but they don't use a lot of time to go to MMA. There's they some that are good. People, they're, no, yeah. they're all great. That's why, yeah. they box. that's why they box. But my point is that's why they box. And that's why there's Muay Thai guys out there. Like uh, there's a guy named Liam. Liam. He's oh, like, Liam Harrison. Yeah, right? Liam Harrison. Yeah. And he, he could do MMA. But he's stated plenty of times, I don't want to. I'd rather just stay with what I know how to do really well. Yeah. Which makes I mean, sense. I understand. Hey, that. dude, he's been, Liam Harrison's been doing Muay Thai probably his whole life. Dude, if you have a you slow know? day and you don't want to go to the gym just to work out, you can watch a video for his five minutes. You're like, okay, I'm going to work out now. Oh, yeah. But I don't want to get sure. punched in the face like that. Like, holy Bro, shit. dude, when I watch videos of him hitting mitts and he's just screaming every shot he throws, I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, he's yeah, screaming. Like, he's trying to break through that bag. And I'm like, Imagine fighting that guy in real life, how terrifying that would be. Even if you didn't beat, lose the fight to that guy in real life, it would still be terrifying oh, bro, like the demon is trying to kill you. You're, you're like, leaving. Like a part of you got left in that ring. Yeah. Like, a hundred percent. Like, whoa. That's a that's brain cells going <laughs> yeah. away, dude. That's rough. Dude. That's you're like, yeah, it was a really good fight. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, really, it wasn't a really good fight. Like, no, I, I, that's why combat sports – have a fuse there should be a time when you're like okay i think i should be coaching people now because i got punched in the face today and i can't remember what happened yesterday right that's an issue and that or it's like you want to be like frost the hobby or john donaher and just coach the best guys ever you know i love that you know i feel like i feel like there's definitely like a link between like playing and coaching yeah like yeah there are some guys that are like that were like decent fighters but ended up being incredible coaches yep you know I mean, I mean, props to Sean Applegate out in Ten Planet. He's an incredible coach. He's a good competitor, mm-hmm. but he's an incredible coach. I yeah, mean, he, he's a good competitor, maybe a great competitor. But when he got to the coaching side alone, which he's been doing the past probably five years now, mm-hmm. dude's one of the is one of the best coaches in the whole game. It's like probably top five. you know, and I mean, probably probably and something has to do with that. Like when he sees it from, like when he takes his knowledge and applies it to what he sees going on out, like when he's on the outside looking in. Dude, if you like, if you watch Sean coach and you how he watch how he watches athletes, it's like watching a Jedi. Tell a Padawan how to do how it's going to go. Where does he coach out of in Tenth Planet? He, what, he, which one? Uh, Sean Applegate owns the Tenth Planet in Atlanta over in Kennesaw, oh, yeah. off Shallowford Road in Bro. Striker Fight Center. Yeah. Dude, do you know uh, Do you know Brian James? He I'm might be. Sure he I might do. be a black belt now, but he. Uh, I met him at a new breed a couple years ago, and he okay. knew Logan because, like, when the Tenth yeah. Planet opened up, Logan went over to roll with everybody. He still does. Yeah, I think he doesn't know. He still doesn't. I can't speak for Logan, but I know yeah. he did. A, 
a lot to get practice with Sean in, which makes sense because Sean's one of the top black belts as well. So absolutely, two two black belts have to train together to get that much sharper in an area Dude. like this where oh, you know the pool is deep. But you know those guys that just have like the best leg locks in the that game. just like reassures like the greatness of the community too. Like that's another thing. It's like yo, like it's like we got all these folks coming together and we all have this common goal, and that's get better at jujitsu. Oh, dude, like it's it's funny that not just martial arts, but like you know, pe- people everywhere I go, I'll bring up what I do. If I'm in a sauna, if I'm playing games online on Apex Legends or whatever, and I'll bring up what I do. People are like, whoa, man! Either I currently do that, I want to do that, or I used to do that. Yeah. And all three, all three things being told to me, all I hear is good, man. Keep doing it. Or go back. You know, because why would you stop? I mean, I, I talked to a guy last week on Apex Legends in a room, game chat room, where he's like, "Yeah, man, I uh, I've had two, I've, I've had two cage fights." He was at like one and one. I'm like, "Sick, dude! Like, I'm not doing cage fights. You're a savage, but awesome!" Like, oh yeah, dude, that's insane. You you had a cage fight, right? I did my one. That's yeah, crazy. it was awesome, bro. How how was that anxiety? So that wild. So man, you know the thing is is so. Like I was like a little nervous at first, mm-hmm. but like, but when they played my song, cause like I went out to rage against the machine and when I stepped in the cage, like I looked up and like I saw all my friends and then I just like, just went, yeah. And I was just like, I was wild and dude, nice. like, dude, even though I lost that fight, I had the time of my life. I wouldn't trade it for anything. What was your weight for that fight? 185. Dude, dude, I came in at 183 too. Like I actually like I ate breakfast and got on the scale. Like I, oh. I lost 20 pounds in six weeks. Wow. Yeah. Um, it was it felt good too. Like I feel like there there's part of me that wants to do another one, but then again, I don't really have anything to prove, you know? Like it'd be fun to do it again. Yeah. But if I did it, like I wouldn't want to do it at 185. I'd probably do it at 205. But the thing is, they're so damn tall. The guy that I fought was six three at one eighty five. I was like, "Holy cow!" I was I was just glad I hit him in the face about like three or four times because he's so dang tall. <laughs> That's but, wild. Yeah. yeah, it was dope though. What man. are you five eleven six foot? I am yeah five eleven five eleven right now. I'm two thirty one. Okay. Yeah. Nice man. That's sick, dude. I'm all right. And I saw you <laughs> registered register for the uh the, the new breed. I did. Yep. When is that? So that is August nineteenth. Yeah. So- Oh, August nineteenth. Okay. Yeah, okay, I'm doing. Cool. I'm gonna do gi and no gi. I might just. I might shell out the extra thirty bucks for the absolute, <laughs> like just because. It, you know, the thing is, is like with tournaments, it's like when. So have you? You've done tournaments before, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So like the first time you do a tournament, like you, you know, you get a little jittery, right? Like we, because we and you both did karate when we were kids too, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Um, Whole time. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so you know, at, like I remember when I first did like an IBJJF. And I was like, oh man, I'm nervous. Cause it's like my first time doing a jujitsu tournament. But like the more I talk to people and the more that like, I would like ask for advice at the end of this, it's, it's just another role. You're just in front of a bunch of people. That people you know? don't understand that they don't yeah. like, you know, I, I've, I've told anybody in the world, like it's embarrassing, but I've been choked out from my mom, all my best friends, my mom. It's okay. Like they've seen me not get choked out and tap, but like I've, yeah. had, I've been caught in a vice grip, but I wasn't going to escape with the time running out and I've down on points. So, yeah. And it's embarrassing. Cause you know, the whole world's watching and you can't change it at that moment. But at the same time, it's like you're still out there and 85 to 95 percent of people who talk to you about it aren't ever going to do that. And the ones who are, you know, they have different goals in mind. They have different demons they fight. You know, everyone's match is different and people like to compare things. And I'm like, you're just, you can't compare someone's jiu-jitsu to yours, especially if there's weight classes that are involved. Oh, yeah. You know, like like there might be a, a purple belt who's 225 pounds who pins down a brown belt who's 145 pounds and tell him he's better and you try to give him advice. It's like, no, dude, you have 100 pounds on him. You right. You have him in side control. And I see it all the time where I'm like, 
there should be like situational weight classifiers based on where you are in your jujitsu and based in where like your escapes are. Because mm. if someone has a lot of weight, you might have great escape. But if I'm in two, if someone's two hundred five on me right now, I'm not gonna probably get out unless I am very being very violent and being a rough roll, meaning kneeing them in the ribs, trying to get under them. I can say I use technique, but let's be honest: if you're getting out of that escape, you're you're using some very very fast athletic movements that are very crucial to the other person's body that hurts them and causes damage to them, which will make them come off you a little bit. Making right. you escape, you're not being slick. You are someone in your weight class, but someone who's heavy enough to hold you. Yeah, and then like if you got somebody that's got like more than forty pounds on you trying to like kessa you, like you're just like, you know, or or you have somebody who has ten pounds on you and ten years, five years of wrestling on you, and you're like, oh okay, oh, and they really know how to pressure, yeah, Yeah, in a real way. I mean, I know guys who are my training partners. I love these guys, and they're like ten pounds heavier than me, a belt or two higher, and they'll hold me in side control, and I'm like, this is way worse than the guy with my belt level who's two hundred pounds, just because they know how to smash me down. And I'm like, I love that, but at the same time, it shows me the levels people are at and the mindset people carry oh yeah you know that and that's like that's another one of the cool perspectives about the sport too like we know a lot of people like my buddy my my old boss shane me and him are still friends um he he got his black belt from diego Sariva in 2021 okay um but diego himself he uh he started doing jujitsu when he was 12 um, he, he went to nova uniao in brazil and um, he got his black belt when he was like twenty. That's like, so he's dude. like so he's like Santos status, you know what I mean? And he so so he's been so he went he was at Team Octopus before he opened his own spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like just seeing the difference in like you know like a Shane black belt compared to the Diego black belt, yeah. Or it's like you know, or it's like uh, you know, like it's you know, like watching watching black watch, watching new black belts roll with old black belts, watching like watching um like fresh purple belts roll with roll with season purple belts it's know? a different thing yeah people yeah. don't realize what you just said is important people walk in the mat and see oh i see that guy with a blue belt or purple belt on you don't know how long he's had that on you know he yeah. can have that on so long that he's irritated that it's still on and he's gonna show you why yeah bro you could have that grizzled six-year blue belt who's <laughs> just like any day now <laughs> any day now. Right. that means yeah. he's been training for eight years total that means he's probably like at a brown belt level but his coach is like no man you just show up enough. yeah a lot of academies now that you train at, they're not going to hold people blue belts for six years. I mean, here's the reason because a lot of people are going to quit and if it's, it's people have to make profits. A good way to make profits is getting new students and you have to keep, keep the chain, chain of moving. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, well, it's like good and bad football, football programs. There's football programs in the world that are high school, college, and pro level that are just bad programs. But they've been around forever because, like I was telling my buddy Pete the other day, there's got to be that one team that everyone has to beat up, or a couple of them, or it wouldn't be a fun sport. If right. everyone was freaking sick, we're talking about nobody tune-up would care. Yeah. There's tune-up teams out there, and they don't have to admit it. They, they can use all the all the charisma they want, but there's tune-up teams out there. And, yeah. and they're not bad players necessarily, but they're going to get smashed by the people who know what they're doing. They're doing yeah. it for like 30 years longer. You know, that, uh, that attrition rate, though, I think that really separates the men from the boys in a lot of situations. Yeah. Because, like, when you get those guys, right, like, so, I mean, like, so, I mean, if we're talking football, like Marshall Falk, right? Yeah, yeah, He, yeah. he went to San Diego State, mm-hmm. right? Nobody gave a damn about San Diego State no. before Marshall Falk got there. Nope. Like, you know, and then, um, and then, you know, sure enough, he became one of the best football players ever. Best you, know, backs. you know, the thing about him, too, is like, you know, you think about a running back, typically, you think about a guy who's like a unit, right? He just looked like a regular dude without the pads on, but man, he was tough as nails. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You kind of reminds me of like work done. Yeah, the Falcons like work done in Marshall Falk had a very similar playing style, 
they're only like five eight five nine 180 but they used every ounce of it and they mm-hmm. let you feel every ounce of it oh, it yeah. wasn't there wasn't like they carry extra fat football weight those guys were brick houses and they wanted people to understand that like right. they were always told those are the kind of guys that were told when they were younger hey man you're never gonna make it and they were like little louder coach okay cool yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna make it like, yeah, yeah they're like all right bet man like when you got a little chip on your shoulder and, you, and it helps you work a little harder like it's a good thing that's why know? i work how i work in jiu-jitsu in the gym now i mean in the yeah. past six months to probably the past year i realized i'm like i could be a lot better if i was a lot more powerful if i was a lot heavier a lot stronger but that's gonna take a lot of time programming workouts opening my personal trainer books you know getting the right food in my body you know eating the right things all right. the time to be more powerful and there's people handing out lessons right now and i'm like Give me three years. Let me be yeah. a two, two stripe purple belt and get some lessons. <laughs> right, right. And, and the hard part is like, it's not, I don't say out of malice or ill intent. I say out of, I've been doing martial arts my whole life. This is a hobby you just picked up because you had a hard time. This is what the core what I do. You yeah. know how many, how many white belts, hurt purple belts and brown belts tell them, oh, you're never going to mess me up, bro. Yeah. And they gave them five years and they're just getting bounced around like a basketball. That's why I'm humble. That's when I roll with new white belts. I'm like, one day you're going to get me, bro. And they're like, what? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, bro no better than you and they're like what and they feel like they just got murdered i tell them that because no one ever told me that when i was getting smashed and i was new you know, right you'll like, be okay someday oh i'm only be okay oh we'll see we'll see because right. i'm gonna have as people already have already proven i'm gonna have the time i'm gonna make the time no matter what it costs me and a lot of us i mean a lot of us are more simple than that a lot hmm. of us gonna do something whether it's family business whatever i'm gonna have a business but the family's gonna have to wait till i get my goals done of opening the academy and making it run right you know and that's people don't want to hear that in our society people want you to get married by the time you're 30 or, 30, or 35 max mm-hmm. have kids in a house and two cars and, and you know that's just not gonna this is not for me and if it is for you that's awesome yeah and i commend those people but it's just not for me and i don't put those people down either i'm not saying that man you know but wait until totally you're 35 happy. is actually a really good thing though well, all my friends from Europe who moved here in the past decade or so, yeah. they had kids in their like early 40s, like late 30s. And I'm talking about the females and the males, not just the males, the females too. And their kids are doing fine. Their kids have, from what I can see, and this is just me, I'm, this is comedy, so I'm not being serious. I have no numbers here. <laughs> but from what I can see, there's less less kids with special needs if their parents waited a little bit longer right. to develop. Because then the parents are disciplined. They're, you know, they, they know what they're doing. They're getting ready for this pregnancy. They're probably taking the right vitamins, doing the right exercises, not going out on the weekends, eating a bunch of garbage foods, right. putting alcohol in their body. Like, you know, I you know how many people when they're pregnant drink until they don't. Man, that's, Dude, that's so, so crazy. Rough. Like, it, that doesn't make any sense. Like, because when you're older in life, then you kind of understand the concept. Like, like you you understand the concept of like discipline, and then you'll probably actually get into this into the sense of like family planning when you come to that. Like things in the Western world are very sped up, you know. Like, yeah. um, I was just talking to a lot to some of the kids because I'm a youth minister, and we were oh, actually yeah, cool, talking man. about I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It started like You're I started minister for like young life or like. Um, but what's the program of youth minister? For? Oh, so um, I go I to no I go to Victory World Church. Okay. Yeah, cool, yeah. Like I love my pastors there. Um, I started serving security in October last year, and I started serving in youth group. So I, I teach middle schoolers. Nice, dude. So, but we were talking about we were actually talking about like dating because you know they're starting to get to that age where you know they're yeah. starting to have different feelings and yeah we had a we had a chart and it was like we, you know when you think about when you think about the world or society's views on relationships compared to compared to god's views on relationships you see you, you see a lot of different things like a lot of stuff now is like like especially because we're, we're in this age of like information overload 
where you're going to think so many things are expected of you to be to meet some sort of status quo. And that, that, that is the last thing reason that you want to get into a relationship for don't 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 rush into a relationship just because you because you don't want to be the only person without a girlfriend or boyfriend. Like, because then you're just gonna make that's a bad decision waiting to happen. That so often, yeah. like, people seem to do it like subconsciously. They say they're not doing that, and you see it, and it's like, wait, 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 you're the only friend in the group who didn't have a, a significant other, and now you do. Oh, right. And you don't look happy at all. And just like the rest of them, they don't always look real happy. Man, you know, so I'll tell you why. So this is like, this is a, you know, pretty, this is a pretty good, pretty good way to look at it. So if you look at the pyramid that will build a strong relationship, okay, there's four blocks typically. So you have spiritual, intellectual, social, and physical. Okay. Now the way that the world has spun things, we turn that pyramid upside down, right? So the smallest block on that pyramid is physical, right? And then once you, once you establish a physical attraction to that person, then folks start hooking up and then they put it on social media, right? And then once they, once they start doing this and they have their little relationship clout, then they realize that intellectually and spiritually, they don't necessarily match up. And if you build a pyramid upside down, I guarantee you it's going to fall. Yeah. It's yeah. There's no match behind that. So like, so like taking, so taking your time and like slowing down and really getting to know somebody before, like, cause, cause you got to know what you want. You got to know what they want. And then you can't, you can't let like starry eyes cloud your judgment of what's important for your future. That's true. Yeah. People, people are in a rush though. People have don't, like you said, in the Western world, we don't have much patience here. We're all in a hurry. And it's very hustly bustly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, this isn't New York or anything. I know where we live in Georgia, but at the same time, like, it's a prime example of how you don't want to live because mm. you're not gonna be on your deathbed one day and telling your grandkids about all the subway rides you took in New York, yeah, how much money you made that day in sales or whatever. No, no one's gonna care. It's it's like how was the quality? How was your time spent? What did you talk about? What did you do? I don't think all that's gonna matter is the skyscraper you worked in. Right. Just being honest. Yeah, well, it's my thoughts. There's like, so much there's so much more to life than that. Yeah. Like there there's you know there's a saying like you know if you're making a little mess if you're making a little less money but you know but you're working for the Lord or you're like you're working for what you love, what you're passionate about, if you're getting the fulfillment out of it but you're not making as much money, you're still getting you're you're making up for that like for a smaller paycheck with that fulfillment. And like when you, when you truly love what you do, like what you're looking for is going to come to you. Right. You know what I mean? You have to be passionate about what you do. And yeah. people try to like say they're passionate about like seven things. I say focus yeah. on two or three and make them everything you care about. Right. Because if you focus on seven of them and you especially if you post them all on social media all the time and you post not just, I mean, you do progress picks. You and I do stuff like that. Oh, all different. the time. We don't, but we don't post about how good we're doing our progress picks. We don't post about like intimate details of like how we're crushing it. No, right. that's not important because all it says to me is if you take pictures of like your new work desk and stuff like that and you show how cool <laughs> it is just like yeah man peep this desk you know how, <laughs> no really people do that bro they'd be like man i'm a leveled up dog this new office got this new desk got a wide double screen got three keyboards and a mouse and three headsets i'm just yeah. like bro you look sad it's like dog you you look, only- let me let me see you look sad. It's like you only got two ears, man. <laughs> you, know, you can't wear three set headsets too. But I can hire an assistant to wear them with me. I'm yeah, like, bro, right. do you know how empty you sound? Like, because people talk about how fulfilled they are by doing you know, these things. And I'm like, if you yeah. talk of being fulfilled, I do not believe you. Right. <laughs> Show me. Show me you're not living it. Show me you're setting new PRs in the pool. Show me what you're doing for your physical wellness, your mental wellness. Because that's all that's going to really matter to yeah. you in our world. Dude, bro. that's funny, man. Dude, look. 
Lee's over here gassing me up about the swim in PR. <laughs> dude, it's cool. But my point is that's cool though. Like you're actually doing dude. something to you challenge yourself. Cause dude, I hated swimming growing up, dude. Yeah. I didn't learn how to swim until I was like maybe nine or ten. Cause I had a swimming instructor when I was five named Mr. Lee. This dude would throw me in the deep end and literally say things like, You're gonna figure it out. I'm in midair, like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And I'm like five years old. And I guess what? I didn't figure it out. So I'm like, look for it. like having people try to help me in the pool embarrassing i then I became a lifeguard for my first job so oh, very cool. 15 years later 13 years later you know and it's just funny because like i'd be able to sw- swim really fast through working out in the gym right having strong shoulders hips quads glutes and hamstrings and calves help me push through water it, it wasn't like i was a talented swimmer i was just fast for a, a, one quick lap because i could yank through the water yeah like decent freestyle you know but man you know um so speaking of swimming so i so the reason the reason I haven't got into swimming was because I had injuries, right? Okay. So like, so I was rolling with uh, you know Miatik, who Miatik Wallazin. Yeah, you, you you know him. He's like a real big like um, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a Eastern European I know who sounding dude. And um, I was rolling with him, and I was uh, I was like shrimping out trying to get a Z guard, and like I just heard a really loud pop, and it was my knee. And I was like, "Yeah, bro, did you hear that?" And he's like, "No." I'm like, "Dude, that was my knee." So like, I did a squat and a lunge real quick to make sure I wasn't gonna just like die. And then uh, then I was like, "Okay, cool, let's keep going." But I did that, and then like two weeks before that, like I cracked my cartilage wall on my right side, <laughs> so neon belly was nasty for about three or four weeks. But but swimming is awesome, man. Like it uh. Like, so if you're in zone one, like you're, you're a personal trainer, so yeah, you're all about this. So yeah, if you're yeah. in zone one and you do swimming for an hour, you're going to burn 730 calories on average. Okay. Now the cool thing is, is if you bump it all the way up to zone four, like you're booking it for an hour, the calorie burn is going to be at a 4% increase. So like swimming, when it comes to like calorie burn and like trying to keep yourself in a deficit, it's actually something that like everybody can latch onto because it's low impact and you still burn a lot of calories. Wow. Yeah. Like, um, like it's, it's a great, it's a great sport to get into. Especially if you're, if you have some weight you want to lose, like that you're saying swimming, it's low, it's yeah. not, it's low impact on the joints. So you're not hurting your knees, you're not hurting your shoulders. You're going fluid through, through water and you're burning high levels of calories. Right. What you just said though made me exhausted even hearing it you're like i'm gonna burn 800 calories in an hour i'm like bro i haven't even been cardio for an hour in my life oh bro it's i've done i've done <laughs> I, had, I haven't no i'm being honest I, I take that back i've gone for like long runs to over an hour cardio doesn't count for me or hike you know yeah but the longest i've ever done cardio session like hardcore in like zone two or three is literally for half an hour i when i was losing weight i used to be 210 pounds i was yeah. losing weight i do half an hour cardio an hour and roughly an hour in the gym and I'd split it up. I'd do like the Arnold Schwarzenegger workout. I'd do chest. I'd do back. I'd do legs. Right. I'd do shoulders. And then Friday, I'd do chest and back. On Saturday, I'd do legs and shoulders. And Sunday, I'd rest. I did the Arnold Schwarzenegger split. I'd do that for like six months. I lost a lot of weight. <sighs> Dude. And you look good doing it. You look you. I understand why the workouts you created like that are created like that because they make you have an aesthetic build. Yeah, know? yeah. And like, you know, there's a lot of things that don't necessarily translate the strength. Like, you know, incline bench doesn't necessarily help your flat bench very much. Right. But it makes your chest look great. And oh yeah, you get a good pump. No chicks can be like, yo, how much do you flat bench? Right. <laughs> or or if you like dudes, but anyway, you know, like they're not gonna ask that question. It's gonna be how aesthetic are you? How strong are you? And for me, jujitsu wise, how good is my submission game? That's all I care about. Yeah. I'm not 
not bro i'm points. cool with like i'm cool with looking like daniel cormier if i can fight man like like i'm i'll be a thick boy for life if i can if i can stand there and bang man <laughs> dude <laughs> i mean you keep training like you've been training bro you can i mean i don't i don't doubt it but then you're gonna want to fight still. You yeah still man fight. you know dude spe- you know like combat sports are a fickle mistress dude mm-hmm. like when we're t- so daniel cormier right everyone yeah. like there's a lot of people who will like take a dump on dc because yeah. he lost to, to john jones but you know he's only lost to two people in his entire mma career stipe and john jones i've and i watched all those fights yeah it's funny i didn't realize that just now but i've watched daniel cormier stipe fights and i've watched his john jones fights yeah and there's only you're right there's only ones he's ever lost are those fights yeah it's dude, crazy he was tearing everybody up and strike force he was he was the man i mean he's olympic wrestler yeah i mean is this any medal in the olympics um i think he did i think he, did. I think he got a medal and then i think he did insane. the olympics twice it's too. insane yeah insane. and not to mention he uh he wrestled kale sanderson like oh, when, did he? He, when he wrestled in college yeah that's nuts dude. like coach kale that's that's wild dude. bro yeah he was a monster like he was up there and then he and then he moved down to light heavyweight just so he wouldn't have to fight kane because they were in the same camp dude i wouldn't want to fight kane i don't think i, was, I, don't think I was kane, no, bro like yeah, was he out yet dude the fact i don't think so i think kane velasquez is still in jail bro, and, hashtag and that's free just kane. hashtag free kane velasquez, yeah. dude. that is the wildest thing Here's the thing. I, I'm kind of sad for him because the guy he he went to take care of, yeah, um, literally is out there walking right now after violating one of Kane's children. And to me, uh, my only thoughts for Kane is Kane, you should have been more patient. You got too angry and you acted too quickly. You yeah, been more patient. You should have been like Mr. Gary back in the day and waited by the phone, kind right, of thing. Right, right. But you didn't. And and sadly, our silly laws here in our country put him in a jail cell right now where he gets two meals a day and it has to fight off other jailmates who no, no one's fighting him in there let's be real yeah but, i don't think he's my, fighting my, anybody my, well people, here's the thing though here's the thing though in jail people are crazy they don't care if you're kane velasquez they're gonna try to shank you anyway yeah which if, 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 if you try to shank kane that's probably the last thing you're gonna bro, do bro real talk like, he probably only had to kick one do. dude's ass in prison oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> word got out so black word got out yeah yo dude guy got a broken arm leg and orbital bone in less than nine seconds we should leave that put your shanks away yeah right like he had, did he have a knife though yeah he had two knives oh no <laughs> oh wow <laughs> you see what i'm right. saying like there's, there's that one badass finish like oh i got the knife over here that's gonna get him that guy had two knives he yeah faster than you it's like it's like the movie Watchmen, dude like yeah. he's not locked in with in there with them they're locked in there with, with him <laughs> that's real, that's real yeah, though dude. people don't get that people don't understand that and the, the, the mindset you just had i've had for my whole life i'm like if you lock me in jail so the first thing i'm gonna do that day is i'm gonna make a huge statement I'm, I'm gonna be throwing elbows and knees on somebody, and they're not gonna stop it. They're not gonna have, they're not gonna have turtle defense. They're gonna get hurt. Bro, working out. But then, why would you do that? I know the rule of those places. The rule is your everyone has a tag on them. Everyone has a tag. Take take tag off. Tag somebody first, and that's simple. And the thing is, like, where it gets around, oh, I'm gonna try to mess with the guy. So maybe it's one person messes with them, and then two. Beyond two, not beyond two is usually coming for you. Once the second one gets put down, everyone's like, okay, one and two got put down. I yeah. think I'm going to be cool with that guy. What's his name? What, what snacks does he like? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, there was um, a long time ago I met a guy who I worked with at a pizza place, and he, he did three years in prison for armed robbery. Oh, God. And, you know, the thing is, is he wasn't, like, a bad guy. Like, he was an no, addict. Like and, that. like, like I, I'm pretty sure his vices are what led him to commit the crime. That's what does it. Yeah. I mean, I have, yeah. I have like, family members that are addicts, and they got caught with it drugs on them mm-hmm. and they weren't drug dealers at all the amount they had on them at that time was capital felonies or 
something, something like that, yeah. you know, and that was enough to put them in prison for a certain amount of time, which sucks because they weren't they weren't hustling nothing. They had a bad problem, and they had too much of what was making their problem go away in their mind. Oh yeah, dude, I remember like if you got like if somebody got caught with a bar, like they were that's seven years. So it's like, a felony, dude, and yeah. that's ridiculous at the same time. But at the same time, like they have to make they have to make a statement, but it becomes a financial thing. Like seven years for a guy who has an addiction. Like, yeah, no, like that, you could have reformed him. You decided you weren't yeah, going to you do could that. put him in a rehab. Like, and like being punished for being an addict is kind of like an issue, huh? you know, because you know, it's like you need help more than you need punishment. And it, it just causes more spiritual conflict. Because if you're if you're an addict as a person, the addict is not the person. Yeah. People don't realize the addict is not the person. I struggle with that to, to this day sometimes. I get mad at people I know who have addiction issues, and I'm like, oh, it's not that person. But I still yeah. want to be mad because it affects me too. Right. It only affects you if you let those people into your life and let them affect you for a certain amount of time. So for me, it's like if it's someone who's trying to recover and like jujitsu, I, I look at jujitsu as a recovery place. I, I know we're going there to learn, learn murder in slow motion, but at the same time, I still want people to feel better when they leave. I don't yeah, really hurt yeah. them, you know? That's not the, the, the feeling they should get. The feeling they should get is they just learn to get better with a team of people that don't want to fight. Yeah, Absolutely. Man, uh, oh, rewinding back to my buddy who got arrested, right? So when he was in prison, like he was approached by like by like the Aryan dudes, right? Yeah, and they were like, "Listen, like they handed him like a shank, and they were like, listen, like, like you don't know this, but those three guys over there are gonna like attack you tonight, like so take this, right?" And so sure, like he didn't believe him at first, but sure enough, dude, like these three like big old dudes like came into his jail cell and like tried to violate him. And he had to like stab three dudes. Like, yeah. And um, so he had to, so he had to like play nice in there and like pretend to be like a racist, like until he got out. Jesus. You know, like I can only imagine what like the federal like correction stuff is like, well, federal is different than just penitentiaries. Like federal prison is like a little different, like States are like the nasty, the nasty, nasty ones. Yeah. People yeah. don't realize, I mean, it's, it's a system that's messed up because like you said, you go to jail and you get punished more with people, people who have hierarchy there, mm -hmm. which throws me off because we all know people are scared of guns in, in, in bars, but you let them go into a little, prison which is really just a holding camp for people for financial profit a lot of places yeah. that's why they have private prisons which is insane to me because that means if they're not at capacity or at 70 capacity they go out of business so they have to be say at 70 they have to make people break the laws i mean that's just, right. it's just it's a sick system man the thing is too is like you know back in the day like prison used to be about reform like they would give you like things to do in there so that way you would have like some sort of discernible skill to use when you get out like for example like auto shop um barber barber's mm -hmm. license things like that but then like a privatized prison system started making it about money and also the only thing that prison does now is create better criminals dude you just like, said you just said it people people literally i know people who have been to prison and they'll tell you i went in an okay criminal i came out of like a gangster criminal well yeah because like, you, yeah, you gotta learn how to be nasty in there that's what know? i'm saying yeah. like, people who have who have light offenses like very light offenses like maybe you go to marijuana yeah. or something they go to prisons and if they don't have the right home training the right mindset some of them that do have the right mindset in home training, they're literally going to go, I'm a better criminal now. Right. I, I, I went to training camp. Had I not come here again, yeah, right. I know what to do. Not ever come here again if I if I, if I, if I tape the bags well. You know, it's like, what? Oh, yeah. Are you serious? Like, and it's like that, that it just shows 
they're 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 learning skills in there, all right. They're learning yeah, skills they're, in there, all right. Wouldn't exactly how call them cook, discernible. How to cook rock instead yeah. of pass out grass. Like what? <laughs> Dude, but, it's nuts, man. Now you got these guys making reels too about like how they used to like do like barbecues in prison and dude, stuff, like using a coke can dude, to like start fires. Dude, yeah, I've like, <laughs> seen those reels, dude. When I see that shit, I'm like, no, yeah. why? I'm like, like, don't don't make people think it's cool to do prison things. Well, they like, do like they yeah. have reels, like they have, like they. I love to see the reels that guys are in prison playing Xbox and their phone eating fried chicken. I'm like, he's not having a good time. You understand that, like, yeah. No matter how cool that looks to even a thug life person, that guy eating that fried chicken out of that pot they made out of the fucking sewage water, yeah. In the fucking games playing because he has a broken Xbox phone and a controller. That's he's not having fun. Yeah, like, that's, if I ever talk fun to a guy that. on a stream, he's in a prison or a jail. I'm gonna talk talking crap. Understand that, right? I'm gonna be like, you couldn't do push-ups or something buddy you couldn't do squats in the cell right like are you, you're actually playing xbox right now what are you doing i will troll you because yeah. that means they made it desirable they made it you understand that if you, you shoot somebody you can still go to a jail cell and they all that's taken away is your time you get to do things it's all just rearranged now you still play your games you still do what you still smoke cigarettes and weed probably you know they have this the jail nothing changed just a piece of shit like yeah and we now have accepted that because it's marginally profitable that's yeah. wild and the people profiting from it aren't you and me or the taxes of the, of the state it's just people who own the private prisons sitting in and sitting behind barred neighborhoods yep. and mansions with bars behind the gate and the gate behind that gate you see what we're doing here like that's why i fear for people who are like oh man defund the police i'm like dude they're coming to your house first yeah right. you might have 550 calibers but guess what if you do have that the one guy who's more training you on the range with a handgun is taking your family. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you doing? It's like <laughs> like people don't really <laughs> understand the gravity of what that would be. They don't. Like, they really because, don't. Because really. like we see it, like we see like the sociopaths come out when these protests start, mm -hmm. and then that's how things get crazy. Now imagine if they were just allowed to do that all day, every, every day. day. Yeah. yeah, like bro, like then like straight up Mad Max in here, dude. Mm -hmm. Like literally, like people do not understand. I laugh because I'm like, you say defund the police. And many of you did that. Say you did that to the guy who was like, who was like, the police officer's son. He comes to your front door. Go. My dad's not coming anymore. Boom. At that moment, what do you do? You see what I'm saying? Right. My yeah. dad's not saving you now. You're just talking shit about him. Kick. And guess what? Somebody. Well, all you have left is you and your skills. So by proxy, you are in trouble. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Like, and the thing is, a lot of the people I would venture to say a vast majority of the people who want that do not have the skills necessary. Dude, my skills are in that group. I have okay skills when it comes to all, all around combat, right? Yeah. I still wouldn't want to be, I have, and luckily I have friends who are really good at it, like yourself and other friends. But if I didn't, I'd have so much anxiety because, like, I'm like, unless you're cool at being a prisoner, which some humans, some Americans are, some Americans are cool. Because yeah. if you live off like constant food stamps and you live off the government system all the time, I don't understand it. If you live off right. six months out of a year, maybe a year or two in your life because you had to get things going, cool. But you make that your habit and, your, and make that generational habit. Mm then you're not getting anywhere. You're not being progressive. I mean, it's just, it's just, this is America. It's still the American dream to open your business, run your own business and make it what you want it to be. And if you're not doing that, that's really on you. Yeah. Like it's you, like it's still about creating a legacy, you know, like it's your name. Like, it's like, you got to do what you can with it. You want to make sure that people know it. It's so. legacy is big. What you just said is like, I tell people all the time, like I can make a billion dollars for leave the earth one day. I can be buff or skinny, whatever. All that will matter. And my last days will be what techniques I taught my students to teach their students, teach their students. Yeah, right. It's a ripple effect. 
That's all that'll matter in the film I created doing it. Because at that point, I can't spend that money wherever I'm going next. I can't, I can't do anything with it. So it's not going to help me. Yeah. And that's why I'm fascinated when you see like, and this is going to sound silly, but you see parents and they have this money and they put in their kid's name to leave for their kids. I'm like, you know your kid though. Why would you leave it to your kid? I know you think your kid needs help, but your kid's going to make it probably. And it's probably going to be fine. Right. Like, like, like I just, cause if you give your kid, kids 30,000, hundred thousand dollars when you, when you go, they're not going to spend it on good things. No. They're going to go on vacation. They're going to party most, most likely not necessarily. They might buy a new house or a car, but this probably not what's going to happen. And I only know because I've experienced family yeah. who I've lost grandparents and other people in the family and money has been doled out to people in the family who did nothing with it. And a year later, they asked for some more. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Dude, I mean, I, dude, I lived that. So when, um, when, I, when I lost my father about like 10, 12 years ago, right? Um, he had mesothelioma. So if you remember like on TV, like they had this thing where there was this huge lawsuit because my dad worked for us steel for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. So he filed out the lawsuit. So me and, um, all my brothers and sisters, like we all ended up getting a piece of, of like, of like that payout. Mm -hmm. Um, and dude, like I was 23 when that happened. So like, like I quit my job and like, I lived for like a year like in a townhouse like, yeah. and just like like i was in a, like i was in a band like i was like like you know just kind of living my life mm -hmm. like because i was like you know i had the ability to do that and you know the thing that sucks is like i wish i would have gotten into combat sports then because that way i would have had because i had nothing to do with my time except for play music and just right off you know um but but yeah but the thing is though is like like accountability right it was like i understood what i did and i'm like okay cool like i spent that money it's not coming back i did what i like i enjoyed myself with it now it is simply time to make more because at the end of the day all of that stuff is just stuff mm -hmm. you know it's Absolutely. like like if i had if i have if i ever have to sell a guitar to like to like pay a light bill which i've definitely done before right right like, <laughs> i get it you know um or if I need to make a deposit for an apartment, I need to sell something like will happen. Like, cause at the end, cause I'll get it back. You'll get it. So I did. Yeah. I've had like three Xboxes. Cause I'll buy one, play it for a while. Oh, got to You know, need, need an extra 175 bucks Bro. back to GameStop. Like what you just said is hilarious. I was just going to say I've had like five Nintendo switches already. Yeah. I've had five switches. That's not even a joke. Cause I'll buy one. I'll sell it cash to either a friend or somebody on eBay. And I will use that money I had to use that money for, and then I'll make more money that I and buy another one. And I've done that literally five times. Yeah, I've had literally five of them. Bro, all that stuff is disposable, dude. A Nintendo Switch isn't gonna carry a conversation with you, dude. Not, yeah, not me. It won't. But some people act like that item is like is like a big item, and it's like you don't even appreciate it. They'll have it sitting around and play it. They play it once a month. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, that, that's a newer system. Like, and I have I have PS Vitas. I have old systems too, but. I'm playing the new system by can. You know what I mean? The newest one. Yeah, yeah. It's the newest, the funnest thing to do. Like, if I'm playing old systems, it's because I'm I'm reminiscing on something I can't have back. Oh yeah. I don't want to do that. Really. See, I, <laughs> see now for me, like I'm just like I'm just old school. Like I have I have emulators on my computer, so like I play Fire Red and Leaf Green all the time. Oh, bro, I have I'm, them on my on my, on my uh, uh, Vita. Yeah, you already know. I'm a Pokemon fan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you like this thing? The other day. Oh, look at this. This is from like red. This is from red and blue, 95, dude. <laughs> bro. That's the original. That's mine. Oh, from when I was man. a tiny kid. Like, 
like dude back in the day where you had to have pamphlets for everything that's the original like, pamphlet, this bro. is how that it came is. in a red box like bro i remember <laughs> i got game Boy, i got this when i was in fourth grade dude like i like i was like like Pokemon, like got started when I was in elementary yep. school, so I've grown up with. Yeah, it, I think man. I was like in first grade when Pokemon was hitting the scene. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I was yeah. in first grade, like ninety five, ninety six. I was in first grade when Pokemon hit the scene, and I was like, "Oh, that shit's cool." Yeah, and I don't oh, even know dude. why. It's just so fun. Like I still play it still. I have a, all those games on my uh, PSV. Oh, play bro, them. yeah, I play them all still. There's a million. There's a million ways to like. There's a million ways to like build a party of six and like see what other kinds of stuff you can do with it. <laughs> it's just it's so you fun. Don't think about that at all, do they? Like, oh yeah. You can just I play old Pokemon all the way up to the Game Boy Advance ones. Right. Those are fun, like all the way through like uh, Emerald and stuff like that. Yes. It's fun, dude. See, yeah. I'll play um I'll play Heart Gold and Soul Silver because those mm-hmm. were the DS remakes of the second gen. Yep. And so like for me, the first two generations, like so the remakes of both of those generations, I play them all the time. Yeah, dude, gold and silver are some of my favorites. They're so they were good. good. Like, you know, as you know, the story behind that was that the, the second game was supposed to be the last game, but they didn't know that it was gonna explode like it did. Right. That's why they made it like a direct sequel. Man, dude, I gotta tell you, I love this hat. Where did you get this Gracie hat? Um, this hat I got on Hinzo's website maybe two years ago. And really? I, was, I think I just got my blue belt. Um, I went and got a rash guard off his website, and uh, they have this one in a black hat. Yeah. Um, and I just like to wear it around because I haven't seen very many of them. You know, and dude, that's the first time I've seen a Hinzo Gracie hat. I, I yeah. feel like Hinzo's hat. I feel like Hinzo Gracie's brand is is good, but you could grow more. And people just want to wear their own shit, which I understand. Though. Oh yeah, but for sure, cool dude. Everyone's Henzo got stuff. a brand. Henzo stuff to me shows, represents something original, something that has a true foundation. It's not like the remix, remix, remix. Yeah, I don't care if you like remixes. That's cool, but it's not. Yeah, really it's cool. dope. But like originality is always good. It's important. That's why I like the someone with Ric Flair hoodie. You know, bro, I'm with Flair. it, dude. <laughs> Style and profile, high flying, limousine riding, yes. wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing for life, bro. He's the for man. Life. He is. Like, and- he lives, I think he lives here in Georgia, dude. He does, yeah. I think Flair lives here, like, over by Sugarloaf. Over by Sugarloaf. Somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's a big area. So it doesn't yeah. Matter. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, Somewhere dude. around here. I just know I saw him work out at the Lifetime Fitness a couple years ago. He was doing deadlifts in one of the corner mats over in Sugarloaf. Oh, Fitness. yeah. That's that video of him deadlifting, like, four that was that or five. Day. Yeah, that he was, was like, that, oh, never that wasn't, that wasn't that day. No, no, no. Yeah. He was doing, like, 205. It wasn't a heavy day. He was, like, injured when he was doing this. Oh, he was, yeah. Like, trying to get back. He wasn't doing he- nothing heavy. He was, he was clearly struggling. He was doing it well, but he's like, Ooh. I mean, he's Little still, story. I mean, yeah, for being as old as he is, he's, he's still, still wrestled, a monster. Dude. You know, he wrestled last year. You know what's crazy is um, when he was younger, most of the workouts that he would do were bodyweight exercises. Yeah, I know, like bodyweight squats and push-ups yep, and pull-ups, yep. That's which makes sense. That's a Herschel Walker workout. People don't realize Herschel Walker got jacked doing just a lot of that stuff. Yeah, he would literally, like, do push-ups until the commercials were over. And then, yeah, yep, like, yep. and then every time one would come on, which is a good way to kill commercials. And your body yeah. expands. People don't understand that like, you have to have heavy weight to be strong. No, your your body expands. I saw a guy in the gym today. I watched him bench like three, literally three seventy. Yeah, and the guy he looked strong as shit, but he was maybe like one eighty. He it was crazy. It's kind of one eighty five. It was yeah. dude. It was. Like, <laughs> you know, it stopped my workout. I was doing just uh, some shoulder press and some shoulder flies in the yeah. gym. And I look at this guy. He's not wearing like a cutoff. He's wearing like a, a t shirt, you know. And it's not even tight. His t shirt has loose on the on the arms. Right. He looks buff, like really strong. And I'm like, he ain't gonna bench press that. What's he doing? Like, I actually like, now I'm watching. I'm kind of like corner of my eye and doing this doing this move in the gym like, gonna do this yeah thing. right it's kind of a little look and over the shoulder he gets a spot this guy to a spot him you know and sure enough one two done the guy didn't touch the bar who helped him and i was just like what wow like and the, the guy wasn't trying to be cocky he wasn't like looking around or nothing he's wearing like work clothes so he's wearing like looks like construction work clothes. yeah, he's wearing, like, yeah. A white t-shirt with like a big sleeves on it he's wearing like literally khaki pants and like these like slip-on boot things 
And, and I'm like, you just came from the construction site to right to this gym. I would hate to roll with that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. He doesn't even know jujitsu. But I would hate. But like, to roll you just that know guy. that he's gonna like he's gonna grab your neck and go. This is a submission. He's gonna try to squeeze you. You're like, oh, but it worked. Yeah, yeah right. Like, it's like you you it? meet those guys where you're like, dude, if he figures it out, he's gonna be in trouble. Dude. Or he's gonna be trouble. Better said. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um like uh like um mechanics and landscapers great at jujitsu. Like, cause man, if they grab something, they ain't letting it go. Dave, like, David Taranzo, bro. If dude, he grabs you, DT man, you're already halfway to a submission. If he grabs you, when he puts his hands on you, you're already halfway choked out, and you don't even know it yet, bro. Like, his Kimura trap attack is my favorite. <laughs> All his attacks, bro. dude. It's so good, and he like, bro, like he's for for someone as tall and as light as he is, and his wrestling is so but his strength, good, dude. Taranzo grabs you, and bro, it feels like it feels like a dude with metal arms just grabbed me. Yeah, I'm like what? And there's guys I roll with him, they're heavier than him all the time. But when he grabbed you, it was like iron cables grab you. You're like, oh shit, this is not good. And I was rolling with him, I rolled with him a couple weeks ago on a Monday night. It was gi night. And he came in like three or four minutes late. <laughs> yeah. And he looks at me and he's like, I don't ever do gi. And I was like, is that gonna make me feel better in five minutes? We start sitting on my head, <laughs> right? bro. Like, yeah. why did you say that? Like, what did you say that for? Like, like I, 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 that's that's me. Y'all know, know me pretty well. I was like, oh. It's like uh, yeah, you meet see, like you meet some brown boys like dude, I'm terrible in the gi. Gets a hold of you and just, just not like, even uh. that, dude. It's, it's, it's David Taranzo in the gi, who in most academies would have been a black belt in jujitsu years ago, but we're at one of the highest level academies there are, so it makes kind of yeah, sense. Dude. But any other, if he goes to any other gym with other black belts who think they're tough and just wears like a white shirt, he's gonna jack them up. Like it's yeah. all that's gonna happen. Like he's got an MMA background too, and he can fight really well. Like yeah, he. I mean, he's had. He's got. Right? probably about more than a dozen years experience i mean he's, yeah oh he does he does he's, he does. And he's dude, in it dude. he's the nicest like he's someone i want to be like when i when i see him in public i've i ran into him public twice in the past couple of years he's with his family his friends he's the nicest guy he's so nice he takes care of people like I, I was i saw him in helen georgia um a couple couple months ago no about a year ago now with zaki khan we were zaki oh yeah we're all hanging out and he's like took his like landscaping crew on like a vacation to helen just, wow. just, just people he works with just people work crew yeah and you can see in their faces like they don't get to go out like that they don't get to go hang out in cool places and david's like let me show you how cool it can be yeah yeah i'm in helen georgia and I ran into this dude in the street and i'm also looking at him laughing in the street i'm like people know how tough this guy is this guy like my friends and i are so unassuming but he beat the hell out of everybody oh, bro, on the street. he's you like know, he's dude? like the happiest like, dude you know the thing i appreciate about him too is like he he's very generous in his prosperity because yes. he 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 spent a lot of time working that business up mm -hmm. and i was talking to him about it and like you know he was able to have a lot of free time when he was you know because when he does his estimates and stuff and yeah. so he can roll a lot and um but man that, that dude's got a thick neck like his neck goes out past his ears sometimes well dude's also but, jacked like he, yeah. he sent me pictures of him working out in the past we've, we've been friends a couple years now and before i really roll with him i just knew him as a friend and right and a partner and he sent me photos of him in the gym at like 11 p.m. at night. And dude's jacked. Yeah. Dude's literally jacked when he works out. Even those guys, it like spans really big when he works out. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of shrinks back down so you don't see it. Oh, when yeah, he's like yeah. getting the pump going, his shoulders are big, his chest, his arms are big. I'm like, but, but, but when, when I see you, though, you're not pumped up. Yeah, oh, it's like when Jesus. we were sparring, you like, were not this you big. You did not look, look like, like, like He'll work out for an hour and it'll look like he gained 15 yes, pounds. Yes, yeah, he's one of those yeah. kind of people. He's one of those body types. He will work out for an hour, uh, no matter what body part, and he'll be like, right God, is, bro. you just gained 20 pounds in the past two hours i just saw you bro yeah dude Man, who are some of your uh who are some of your favorite partners out there on the mat right now who you liking oh dude um definitely top two um brown belt anya is yeah oh, dude anya's she's so awesome she's great 
she always gives me a hard roll and teaches me stuff. You know, I, I don't ever beat her or anything like that, but it's I, I get to learn Dude, something because she kills us. It's, just, yeah, like, she kills yeah. it. it's, 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 it's in a robe, no geek, whatever. And then Michael Dawson, Michael yeah. Dawson, the purple belt guy. Oh, dude, I know Dawson, insurance insurance yeah. company owner. Dude, Michael Dawson is one of the toughest roles I've, I'll probably ever have to date because me and him roll so so frequently. He knows what I'm gonna do, and I don't know what he's gonna do very much. Yeah, and I'll never I catch him like once every six months in a hook or something like that. Yeah, if it's a slow day. Man, I miss the evening. Those two dog. those two people are my top two training partners right now because they kind of they they let me learn. They can yeah. beat me, they can beat me up to a high level. But then they'll get to a point where they say, oh, let's let him get a, a little bit step in here. Let mm-hmm. him figure it out. And it's not just a mauling every time. When, yeah. If they wanted to, Anya and Michael could just grab me and break me right in half like a, like a chopping block, but they don't. Yeah. So it's a, trust, it's a trust thing. I trust those people with my health to not hurt me, to help me grow, to keep me doing the, the thing I love. Yeah. And that's all that matters. Like Beyond that, Dude, that, that that level of trust and camaraderie that comes with combat sports is such a beautiful thing, man. Like jujitsu is the gift that keeps on giving. It is. Yeah, man. I do. I do miss the evening crew. There's a lot of folks that go later at night that like I don't get to roll with because you know when you're a trainer, typically people want to train when they get off of work. Yep. So yep. so you know every once in a while, if I can make it to a Saturday, I'll do it. But um, man, oh, you know my mom um, like because you know Anya's a crazy cat lady, mm-hmm. so so we're like we're both cat people. All the cats. So um, my mom adopted one of her cats recently. Yeah, yeah. His we- name is Charlie. So oh, that's- yeah. Shout out, shout out to Charlie. Yeah, man. Dude, Anya's been trying to get those cats on people. I'm like, bro, I, I got we got two. Of the it house sounds here. like you need a third. I cat. don't need a third cat. <laughs> <laughs> a third cat, bro. <laughs> Trying to get Dude, me. In I've trouble, got baby. I've got kitten fever now. It makes me want to get another cat. So that cat in the photo you had was Charlie. That's Charlie. Yeah, that's kidding me and Charlie, so dude. Cute, He's dude. awesome, bro. That's great. I love yeah, that. Yeah, man. Dude, I tell you, dude, we got, uh, you know, one of my favorite people right now um, is, you know, Tobias. Michael Tobias. Mike Tobias, dude. Great. Yeah, the brown yeah, belt, right? Bro, he, he's brown belt now. Yeah, yeah, he's been yeah, a brown belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Chef Mike, man. He's awesome. I've never rolled right. with Mike. I think I've met him once or twice. But I know who he is. Dude, he's so nice and he's so strong. He's like one of those guys where like he grabs your wrist and you're just like, help. <laughs> dude, dude. That reminds me of Alex like, Judas. Man, Alex Judas grabs my wrist. I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Judas is nuts, dude. Like, dude. Guy's, a, guy's an Adonis. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> dude will throw people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Bro, he's a killer. Like, oh, man, I've been, I've like, Harvey comes to 11 o'clock a lot. Love Harvey does? with Harvey, bro. Nice. Yeah. Like, um i get to i get i get to roll with graham a lot uh Will, graham's a fun role get, get we get we get the uh the almighty noah wilson and <laughs> Dude, I don't even, see i roll with noah sometimes yeah but i don't really roll with noah he rolls me around like i'm a sack of dirty laundry that he doesn't want to touch yeah but he's not mean about it it's crazy like and he's giving me advice the whole time right so yeah. i don't so it's not i'm not really rolling it's with a him. learning experience right it's like, going to, it's like, a yeah. private, it's like a private lesson for five minutes i don't yeah i'm not gonna get move on <laughs> i'm not gonna move on noah not even a a bump i'm not gonna get a shrimp i'm not gonna get a, a nothing so i'm just like all right what you got going on bro show me so yeah, one day yeah. if i gain 30 pounds i might 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 get something like that you know dude I'll, I'll pick him and i'll be like all right man it's lesson time you know what i mean like i'm like teach me something today bro dude is also but, jacked yeah dude is also jacked it's like you like, ever know you know the scene in the matrix where like neo like gets his huge level up yeah. and then everything's just so easy to him that's like noah's just like and come on over here and wham i'm just like <laughs> dude, it is like that yeah, if you dude. watch if you watch noah's pictures from he was like a blue belt to now yeah the level has been that's what i'm that's what i aspire to be like bro i want to be like that like dude's gone like up the mountain, sat up at the top of the mountain, and is like, I'm only a brown belt. 
yeah dude now. like oh, God. He, he, he's he's a great role man he's a great great and great uh advice too yeah. like i was uh like i've been like trying to like think of like more efficient ways to get out of side pins mm -hmm. because since i since i'm heavy like i have to work on rolling with people that are like heavy that are going to be like you can't roll guys like me too much dude it's not going to help me very well, much oh well it so, may help you with quickness not nah, bro it, like going against little guys is awesome because little man jujitsu is great for everybody yeah like, yeah dude because the way that you guys can approach a role is so different from the way a lot of bigger guys can approach a role so there's always something to be learned like there's this dude um you know arpin no. he's a purple belt okay so i just met this guy right and his open guard is so good because his his hips flexors are so flexible so it's so hard for somebody to, for me to get past i'm sitting here thinking like I'm like, how is he able to get his knees like all the way up in his ribs like this? You know, like he, um, yeah. yeah, it's so hard to, to get, to get past his legs and get to what they call like the J zone, the jeopardy zone, like the J zone, the, the Gordon Ryan instructional. That's where I learned that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. It was like, there was like a free lesson of the day. Bernardo Ferry is good with throwing out yeah. those, uh, there's, there's like lesson of the days on Facebook. So I'm like, I need that. Dude, did you hear about Marcelo? But, Mar what, uh, Marcelo Garcia, dude, dude, I know that's crazy. Man, that's wait. curable, right? You you can get you can get back yeah. from stomach cancer, right? Is you, I don't know. You can get back from it. a lot of different kinds of cancer. Okay, I didn't know about stomach. There cancer. was an oh, update, shit. and apparently he's he was doing all right last time I heard. Well, Marcelo just surprised me because Marcelo Garcia, I just I don't know. Well, I think it's I mean, hereditary. Like, so there, there's like a cancer gene, apparently. Like there's like a hereditary disposition for it. At least that's what I've heard in a couple of couple of things but oh shit i didn't know that don't quote me on that i don't know if it's like factual, <laughs> factual but um but you know i was actually so i was reading about him in a book have you ever read the fighter's mind by sam sheridan no not yet it's a very good book um he talks to marcelo garcia he talks to um uh what's his name longoria the guy, okay. yeah, the, the guy that runs um, AK or not ATT or AT, yeah, I think ATT. Okay. And then um, he talks with he talks with the guys that started the the guys that own the two Fairtex gyms that like exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's really really smart guy. Um, but the, I love the way that Marcelo Garcia talks about jujitsu because you know he wasn't always the biggest guy. Like he was, nope. he was like that legend. He was like 160 something pounds, and he was going to ADCCs and fighting these 99 kilogram games and like winning, winning easy. You know? Yeah, and you know the thing that he attributed to was he just loved jujitsu. He was like the fact that I loved it so much and just never wanted to stop. Like that, that's that's how I got to where I was. I never thought about it as like some sort of like oh man, this is like it wasn't like a Rocky movie. Him, no, you know what I mean, it was just he just loves jujitsu, like so he just kept doing it. You know, it's like a, it's like Charlie Aldis, man. Like like um when he like when he first started do, doing jujitsu, like he had to make like a really big trek to get back and forth to his gym. Yeah, and I think eventually like he started living over there. Marcelo did. Marcelo said at one point when he was like really like broken poor, he's like, as long as I had enough food to eat for that day for that week, as long as I had water for that week, as long as I had a gym a mat to sleep on. I was happy for that week. I'm like, wow, that's pretty, pretty simple. I love you have those three things. You're pretty happy for that week. That's why you became world champion. That's why you became one of the best of all time. That's why you're pound for pound the best jiu-jitsu guy on the planet and retired. I mean, people don't understand. Like it's because people, people want to think, you know, and the, no, no, no hurt to the Gordon Ryan's of the world, but 
Like those guys out there who are super heavyweights, I'm like, you kind of defeat the purpose a little bit. Like the technicality goes away at that point. You know what I mean? Like Nikki Rod escaping the armbar last week was beautiful, cool, yeah, yeah. but it had to hurt and it wasn't very pretty. You know what I mean? Right. Like there has to be better ways to get out than to force yank your arm out of a socket and put it back in. You know, like, yeah, that, it's like there's it, a lot of different ways to approach it. And it turns guys away. Like I'm a big fan of mass monsters. I like seeing these guys fight. I'm a huge fan. But if I'm like if I'm like some of our other friends we have that are smaller guys who've never been appreciated by those guys, they hate those guys. Those guys are demonic to them, yeah. whether they say it or not. And I'm like, I don't want to be that guy that gets hated for that. I'm, I'll be in the middleweight. Because it's like, because it's like I feel like it's like I feel like I'm on the other side of that. Where it's like since I've been since I've been like a bigger guy for most of my life, like I've always appreciated the smaller fighters because I like the technicality and like because because martial arts is just that it's an art. And like when you see these these fighters, like your Demetrius Johnsons, mm-hmm. your Vasily Lomachenko's, your your Dominic Cruz's, like um, even your Khabib's, because Khabib is like one fifty five is kind of small, you know? yeah. Like so, I mean, like he's a big guy for one fifty five. But when you see this, it's massive, literally, yeah. It's literally poetry in motion when you see something beautifully pulled off, yeah. You know, and that's I mean that's what that's what martial arts are, you know. So, I mean, being able to be strong and, like, do a strong guy thing to make it happen, if it works, you know, it works. But, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's only going to work for so long. Right. And Marcelo Garcia, like, proved that when he was winning ABCCs and stuff because, like, he was able to, like – like, um, oh man, you know, you know, Quinn, dude, Quinn used to use me as a jungle gym. Dude. You know what I yes, mean? Like, I do. Yeah, I was literally just monkey bars to him. He would literally hold himself up while he's doing clothes guard and then just start climbing around me. I'm like, what do I do with this? Like, I'm like, <laughs> no, he is <laughs> though. Like, he is. Yeah. He is. It's so fun, dude. Like, I love it when like, when like smaller guys are really good. I mean, like, I love it when everybody's good. Cause they're, cause like the way that you approach the game is like it's it's you know you take all your influences and you develop something that's unique to you just like i've taken like my influences and like what we learn at creighton and like what we do when we're on our off time we're like watching instructionals and stuff Mm -hmm. and we develop a game based on that and then when we take it down to the mat like it's like uh yeah so it's like you'll do something that you'll do something like you'll do a pass that that's like one of your favorites mm-hmm. to be able to set you up into a position for something that you're like, okay, now I got to try this thing that I'm bad at. Yep. Right. And then you're going to see if it works. Like, um, like dude, like right now, like my arm bars are kind of sus. So like I try to work on them a lot. Like I love doing, I love strangulation and like leg locks and stuff and like wrestling up mm-hmm. and all that body locks, but my arm bar, it's like, it's okay. Like, you know, I could, Maybe because I just don't go for him enough. So I was like, I'm making a mental note. I'm like, okay, if I get into like a nice side thing, like I'm going to try to find an arm bar. If I get to a mount, I'm going to try to find an arm bar. Gotcha. You know, like, um, yeah. Man. What are some of your favorite things to do right now? Um, dude, honestly, just fundamental stuff. Yeah. Just trying to get back to fundamentals, honestly. Uh, trying to make it less complicated. Try to ha- get, escape from bad positions and get, get better ones. Yeah. Um, during transitions, during times people are trying to finish i try to get out of those moments which sounds right. weird but it's like they're trying to finish they're going to use all their focus in the wrong at the wrong spot for a second at one moment yeah. not always sometimes you get caught and oh shit i gotta stop but a lot of the time you can catch and get out of things at the that right moment if it's uh whether it's a sweep whether it's you know something they're going for that's going to be locked in especially if they're squeezing their body to try to contract on it before it's too before it's ready you mm-hmm. can kind of pull out at that time yeah yeah there's a lot of things that can happen in transition like um you know, like, 
like a, like when you're getting armbar, you know, like you wait for like a little break in the action where you feel the pressure loosen up a little bit, just so you can try to slide your elbow up. Mm-hmm. I was wrong with the, with my buddy David the other day and the way that he was doing the, the way that he was setting up his triangle was like, he got into the pre-triangle position and like, like I, uh, I was like, you know, pulled around here. And I was grabbing my own leg mm-hmm. like, so I could try to find my way out, but you know, he was tight. So I put my arm back over here and then he starts like, inching my arm and like i never think about doing that just like inching it little by little and i'm like what are you doing? <laughs> like i'm like i'm like this is trouble because he's strong yeah and um so there's like there's all the it's so cool man like um like uh, isaac told me one time the smallest movements make the biggest difference like that's a fact wow shout out isaac that's a fact yeah, yeah. that's a fact right he uh yeah like when he told me that like i was like that makes so much sense and then even the other day i was talking to Noah about side pins and he was like you just take your arm just move it right over here that way it'll help him get linear you can slide your knee right in i'm like bro what <laughs> simple thing you're just so worried about bridging and like trying to throw your hip back yep right and like when you don't even, when you don't even see the smallest stuff like and that that's what it is then man it's like it's like a never-ending cycle too it's like even like you know like 15 years from now when we're like black belts mm-hmm. like Cause like, I'm not going to say it happened soon. It's going to take me a nice long time. Right. Right. I'm, I'm enjoying the ride. People want to, people are in a hurry. And I'm like, yeah. dude, I would not be in a hurry to get my black belt in jujitsu under Hansel Hansel Gracie gym because all that means you got to be the toughest one there. I'm not close to that yet. So, so I wait until coach goes, all right, I think he's ready until then. If you're, if you get a black belt from some, somebody else who like gives it to you in five or six years, that's like a karate studio, bro. He's trying to get out memberships yeah. and then he'll come to a gym and like, I like Pete will beat him up. And it's like, oh, you're yeah, blacked out though. It's like, dude, I'm cool with not being BJ Penn, dude. Dude, like, no, yeah, no. like that's like a one in a million. That's thing. a one in a million, yeah. and that's also that was during a time when jujitsu was still very much still developing. Yeah, like right now, dude. There's guys like Ryan Hall who he looked at BJ Penn with like no problem oh, in a couple yeah. years ago, and Ryan Hall, you know, BJ Penn fought Paul. I don't ever think Ryan Hall could touch Paul, and that's just me being honest. Like yeah. the different, there's a difference. Yeah. Ryan Hall, Ryan Hall is built like me. Yeah, yeah. And, mm, Guy like me, I don't care how tough or good I am in my shit. Paul is an Olympic-level wrestler, a judo black belt, a fourth-degree, fifth-degree jiu-jitsu black belt who can throw you in your face. The levels are, Bro, levels yeah, the are crazy, different. The, the levels thing, are different. The coolest thing about Paul is, like, the level of, like, experience he had before he started doing it. Yes. Like, and then, he, and then he took all that with him and then proceeded to, like – and he came up with some of the greats, too. Yeah. Like, I saw, like yeah. I saw a picture of him and Matt Sarah the other day. I'm just like, I know that guy. They're friends, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah like, like – Like, that's amazing. And then Matt Sarah's got his own thing going on yep. right now. Him and uh, – Oh, um, Ray Longo, they mm-hmm. train Aljamain Sterling. Okay. Like, yeah. And I'm I didn't know like, that. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Ray, dude, Ray Longo is probably one of the most underrated coaches in the UFC right now. Like, um, MMA on point, shout out to a very cool channel. Um, they did, they just did like a little mini doc on Ray Longo and he's oh, very sick. smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, it's beautiful, man. You know, speaking of fights, we got UFC 290 coming up. Who's on, who's on the card that you want that to see? Is, that is Volk versus Yair Rodriguez. Oh, okay. And like I think Volk's gonna cement his legacy as the greatest featherweight of all time. Okay. Yep, yep. Cause I mean, cause with like with all honesty, he should have he should have won that Islam fight. Dude. Like, I would have called it a draw like on a bad day, but like but he he literally negated everything that they said Islam was gonna do to him. Every and I didn't see that really fight. I saw highlights of that fight. Yeah. Everyone I talked to after that fight said what you just said. Like how did Islam win that fight? No, he didn't win that no, fight. He, oh. he Right. That's, right. that's my point. He like, gave up on a rear naked choke. Like, 
like he gave up on his wrestling, and nobody makes a Dagestani dude give up on their wrestling. No, like, isn't that wild? Yeah. But then again, you know, Volk's training with Craig Jones mm-hmm. off the mat, and people like to tease Craig Jones all the time. Yet you don't, you know, about what he does. But yeah. Craig Jones' overall business is bigger than just jujitsu. Craig has stepped into wrestling. Yeah, Craig has Craig, stepped Craig into Jones is Australian, right? yes. Yeah, he stepped into UFC. No, Craig Jones is uh, works at a B team. Oh, he, he's oh, a he's an okay, owner of B team. Okay. Craig's owner with Nikki Ryan, Nikki Rod, and uh, Ethan Krallenstein in the B team. They're, they're, they 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 train out of there all the time. That's what's up, man. It's funny people try to go to the B team to like make a name for themselves or yeah. like go out to beat up B team guys. I'm like, who who cares? Like, I mean, guys who aren't like on big cards. Right. It's like, dude, who cares, dude? You went to their gym, and went to Magic in that that gym, like they don't care. Nobody really cares. You're hold. not getting views. Yeah, I, do. Like, I don't really know. Head because when you're in the practice room, dude, like that's when you're supposed to like that, like that's when you're supposed to tap, dude. It's like people always look at people always look at what happens when the lights are on, okay? Right? It's like like Khabib is 29 and up, right? <laughs> 29 and up, but nobody ever talks about the gym wars. Nobody ever talks about all the times that he would that he was like dripping sweat after practice. No one getting what for he got thrown on the mat when he was in the practice room. Yeah, like, there's a lot of like they don't like the the shining moments that you get to you've done a lot of work and a lot of hard climbing to get absolutely there. yeah dude like like you know like you'll, you'll get subbed like to get a sub yeah. like because that's what the practice room is for dude you got to learn what doesn't work so that way when the when you know so that way you're not the moment doesn't get too big for you yeah and how boring would that yeah. be if you're just naturally good all the time how boring would that be you're right. just passing out lessons to people you wouldn't know what to do it's like fuck man there was a so there's a like I, I can always bring it back to a pastor right so Stephen Furtick um, I was listening to a to a seminar with him and he was working out with somebody who went to his church and he's a bodybuilder um, when they were working out together they would go they would always they would do all their sets to failure right right and when he would get to the last set he would tell his spotter he wouldn't tell a spotter to help him he would say hey help me fail right so he's like give me just enough to where whenever I to whenever I stop, then you'll get it right. So there, there is there is always growth in failure, mm-hmm. right? Because breaking that, yourself down, build yeah, yourself back exactly. up. Exactly. Like, 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 what losses? Do, what like if you're not losing in life? Like, have you ever? Have you really lived? You know, it, is mean? it? It's true though. People don't understand. Like a friend of mine, Patrick Noel, we used to do bench press a lot growing yeah. up, and we go really heavy and. You know, we understood the concept of don't touch the bar, but if you see the momentum of that bar stop at all, don't wait. Lightly help yourself fail because there's no pride in getting 225 off the off the rack and going halfway back up and then it smash your chest and then you're pull it off you. Now you both just failed. Yeah. You could help your buddy out by helping him get a little bit on that bench press because not only boosts his confidence, it shows him he, he will be able to do it. Maybe not at this moment, maybe not on this day, but those brick by bricks will build him to where he wants to be. If every bench you do is, hey man, all on your own, all you you're never going to get a very good bench. You might get to like 250 because it's going to be all you and no one's going to ever train you to fail well. You didn't fail well. Uh, yeah. You only pushed through, which is not real. Like people also have this attitude like, I got to be number one all the time. Got to be number one all the time. Got to do your best. I agree with that. But sometimes your best is your best. People want to make their best your best and act like they're competing with you. Dude, when we roll, Josh, half my friends, yourself included, I'm not trying to best you guys. I'm not trying to beat you every time. That's so stupid. Like, yeah. if you want to beat me every time, you're missing something off of these mats that the mats aren't giving you. Yeah. Because there's not going to be metal on those mats ever. 
that's what people will see me get caught in submission all the time by people who are better than me yeah i don't care no, like, dude, i don't give a crap like dude, it's like this is life dude. It's I, like, if you're better than a million people there's a million people better than you i think gary you know tonin I mean? talks about it gary talks about it. he's like you know he had a tweet last year he talked about ego being ego free yeah. like you say you're all ego free but how many of you guys get submitted by white and blue belts still who are higher than purple belt and he goes i'm gonna leave that there and his whole point was a lot of people out there because I, th- I thought my, i thought myself oh i get it but most people won't get it Gary gets caught by blue belts still in arm bars because he's letting them catch him in arm bars. He's not like giving himself away. He knows when to keep it keep it tight. But like Gary's worst injury ever, he said, was in a training room where a girl got him in an arm bar and he didn't tap in time and she didn't let go in time and snapped his arm. Wow. That was his worst injury ever. That wasn't in a fight. That wasn't against some ADCC champion. It was just some random student of his. He was probably giving a lesson to and it was an accident. She wasn't trying to hurt him. It just happens. For instance, the scissor sweep. The scissor sweep is banned in Eddie Rabo's gyms. All his implanted gym scissor sweeps are banned. Because really? one day, a, a wrestler came into his gym and tried to do that to, to one of his black belts and snapped his black belt's leg in half on the way down. Just an accident. Just an accident. Yeah, but at the yeah. same time, the black belt's leg's in two places, bro. And we can't say sorry now. That's a hospital bill. Just no more scissor sweeps ever. You know? Because like, right. if it hurts a black if it breaks a black belt's leg, you know, no one else got much, much of a chance, you know, right. stopping it. And I already don't have any knees. And also, I'm trained to fall down anyway. So if someone gets me a scissor sweep, I'm going to go with them. I'm not going to hold back. Yeah. A lot of you are going to try to hold yourselves up, which in turn will break break you right in half. It's it's going to sound silly, but if you're trying to hold yourself up during a scissor, scissor sweep, you're causing contractions in your legs and your muscles, causing those tendons to be tight. If you're willing to be tackled and fall, you're going to yeah. just fall with a guy. It might hurt your shoulder or your, your back, not your fucking broken leg. You're trying yeah, to stick right. and post. I feel, like there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of other things that you can do because, see, that if you do that, then you might be getting a little bit. Like, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm pot calling the kettle black, but you might sometimes you get a little ignorant, you know, because like somebody tries to scissor sweep you, dude, like, it's like, I always try to, I always try to keep this knee like real deep in between mm-hmm. the G guard and me. And I like to do, when, if I'm doing the gi, I like to double lapel, yeah. and like kind of lean in. So that way I can try to start like, so that way if they try it, like I can step out and maybe try to like circle walk. Or, right. Like, just, like at least negate it. I get it. But, you know, but dude, it's going to happen. Like, yeah, dude. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. But yeah, and it's good though because when I get when, whenever I get swept or whenever swept, <laughs> whenever I get swept or whenever I get subbed, like it's I learn and like I, I I'm it's like you ever like watch your opponent? Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, like like I like watching what they do because I'm like, how are they getting to where they're getting? You know, it's like yep. it's like it's like whenever like um I was talking to Tobias about this, like he 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 had a really good progression from a shoulder pinch. Right. And I was like, I was like, I really like the way that you do that. Cause like, you know, he had it and then, you know, he had a frame right here. And I, when I went to fight that frame, he twi- he, he immediately went the other way and started looking for something else. And I was like, man, I really like the way that you approach that. And he was like, man, you know, the more you do it, like the lazier you can be. And I'm like, Oh yeah. You just like, you're like, yeah, just hang out, kick ass, repeat. Yep. You know, like, um, but yeah, but he has such, he has a really good, like, like laid back mindset about the way that he rolls. Yeah, he does. And like, I like the way that he approaches it. It's, and you know, and it, it's good practice too, man. Because when you go up against a guy with long legs, like since, since I'm heavier, like dude, I get like guys in my bracket that are like six four. Mm-hmm. You know, if I get another like if I get another squatty dude that likes to wrestle, I'm like sweet. Like this is like this is gonna be a little bit easier. It's still a challenge, but you know, but it's all in good fun, man. Absolutely, like, bro. Dude, yeah, it's, it's a good time. It is, dude. I like training. So you train in the mornings right now, and clients at night. Yeah. So. I take like I, my like my hours are like I wake up at I wake up around five thirty in the morning every day. Nice, like because because I have a six a.m. a client, mm-hmm. uh, six a.m. client twice a week, um, and then on Monday, Wednesday, Friday I have an eight to nine. 
So nice. I just like to be able to get up early and do something. Like if I yeah. can get my if I can get my laps in in the morning, then that's awesome because I have then I have all day to recover. I try yeah. to, like I do two a days right now. So it's it's I swim every day and then I either box or do jujitsu. So I meet with my sparring partner three times a week and we do twelve to fifteen rounds. Hell yeah. Um which is awesome. Um and then I do I go to jujitsu three to four times a week. So I go to the 11 a.m. classes because, because nice. like, you know, like when, when you train people, it's like the, 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 the most, the, the clients are most available after work. Yep. Like that, like I do the cornerstone of my business is group fitness outdoors. Yeah. So if I can, so like people that work in an office, their, their main thing is that they don't. They say that they don't have time to go to the gym. Right. I'm like, well, if I put a gym in your parking lot and you can just walk outside and work out, would you do it? Most of the time they're going to say, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then like funneling, funneling that all down to if I, if I approach a hundred businesses with group training, there might be one person inside of that building who's actually looking to make a change. Right. You know, and um, the thing is, I'm also a very, I'm also a very honest personal trainer. Like, and that's why like, like, like I have no problem, like letting my weight fluctuate, like yeah. I consider myself a genetic outlier. And like, I also don't like, I also like, I'm not old enough to start like enhancing yet. Like when I'm like 45, I'll probably jump on the TRT, but, but right now, like I'm not losing hair, like, you know, libido is still dope. So right. like, I mean, that's all that matters. People I don't show any signs of needing it. No, like, you don't, you're not so like small or anything. You don't have like yeah. small muscle belly. You don't have like tiny shrinking frames. You're, oh, yeah, you're fine, dude. Yeah, dude. I'm in there pushing some. I know. Yeah, I got but, um, it. It's crazy. Well, I do. Dude, when you got to keep me a from passing your guard, you need to lift some weights, dude. That guy, that guy can, dude, he moves so fast for such a big guy. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, so one of the things that I do though is, um, I let him know. I'm just like, listen, man, like, like, for example, the scale is not your end all be all. Like I, I like no. I was, I've made that post recently about how it's like, I may have gained four pounds over the last four weeks, yeah. but I lost four pounds of fat. I lost an inch off my waist and I gained eight pounds of muscle and I dropped 2% body fat. So gaining four pounds on a scale doesn't mean that I, so your body composition changed, yeah, which is yeah. good. It wasn't a bad is, thing. It's like with newer clients too, like you're like newer people that are getting into fitness, like dude, recomp happens so fast for them. That, like, yeah. because they because they're because they're kind of like a novice to intermediate getting back into what they were doing yep and their body's like oh this is what it's supposed to feel like um the first three months back especially yeah they're, it's like getting back to training camp for the first time like oh god i'm losing 20 pounds Bro. and i tell clients all the time like you got to worry about the, not the first three months at, when you get first to your first plateau you're gonna think oh man this isn't for me oh this is discouraging yeah. then it's time to tune it up a little more cut out the cheesecake cut out the beer on friday night and i promise and i don't know you will see the difference you'll feel better and if you do that you, you know you're gonna go if not you can feel your crap like you already feel you already feel crappy you already feel crappy right yeah let's well, change that know, one of the things is too is like that's that that actually goes a lot with what with like what i was talking about how western culture is so so sped up the human brain craves instant gratification and like that's actually a sales tactic mm -hmm. um like uh whenever i was working in sales like that was something that we always kept in mind like if you can make something if you can make somebody feel like they they, they have to have it now right you're like you're gonna you're gonna be able to get rid of a lot of those they call them objections and qualifiers yeah in i know sales. yeah yeah you've i grew up in sales i, my, I that was my first job it yeah. still is part of my job and right. it never goes away though the skills you learn are important 
But at the same time, it's how you implement those skills, the people you're speaking with yeah. that matter. Because people don't realize, and I, I realized this over the past decade, if you're going to sell somebody something and you, you, you're you just going off a script in your mind and you're waiting for the what they're you're waiting for them to say something, you're reactively listening. And people will feel that. Some people will buy from you, but not many, because after a while they're going to realize, oh, he's waiting for the answer, answer every question I have. He's knowing I'm going to say something. Because people aren't stupid. Humans, and the thing in sales is your job is to make them feel not stupid, but feel informed. Yeah, a lot of salespeople take that information and go, oh, make them feel informed, like my teachers did me, make them feel dumb. And then build them back up if they're on board with what I have to say. If not, be more demeaning and talk to them like they're a little child. I've watched that for over a decade in fitness especially. And I've watched, not myself, we've got coworkers, trainers, training managers, yeah. talk to people like they are worthless. Like, like, oh, you don't want to be part of our program? I guess you're not good enough for it then. Like, I guess, you know, when I first met you, I had so much hope in you. And, and they talk to that way. It's like, dude, are you, yes. And it'd shock you. I've watched it happen for over a decade, Josh. Because I've worked, I've worked in every, I've worked in every major gym you can think of. Every corporate gym you can think of, I've worked for them. And I've watched that tactic implemented again and again and again and they sugarcoat it the sales manager that's not what i just did i didn't tell them that i didn't right. i didn't make them feel bad i made them feel better and empowered and informed no that's what you're trained to say to the management who asked you how you got them to sign up but when they come back next month and start bitching about you because you didn't give them what you promised which is not a 35 pound weight loss in three months which doesn't happen yeah. like that's not that's not their fault and they're going to blame the trainer it's never going to be the self-ownership in fitness is pretty wild out there. We're seeing a corporate gym right now. Oh, yeah. That's why you see all these big gyms blowing up online for like guys like yourself. Your all's businesses are blowing up for personal trainers because people are sick and tired of fake corporate promises. Yeah, exactly. Like they're, 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 they're understanding like I can finally find a guy that will take care of me and I don't have to come pay a, a membership fee to this gym. I don't have to pay a membership fee to this uh, whatever fitness gym, gym it is. Yeah. They can get help from somebody. They can text and call at any time and maybe not get a right away response, but you four hours later, Josh is here. He'll call you, text you, give you an answer. He's not going to leave you hanging. Like some trainers will tell you and some gym will tell you, Oh, we're closed. Only contact me during gym hours. What? Yeah. That, like, that's that, wild, bro. That concept to me. And that's why, that's why I've actually like, that's why I've shifted from going from like calling myself a personal trainer to, to, to health and wellness. Coach. Yes. Because when, this is I, big. when I think personal trainer, like, like, cause we, we both worked in box gyms, man. And when you work in box gyms, you know what they want, dude? They want, like, they, I heard this phrase, auto pay is king. Mm -hmm. Like that was one of the- EFT, what's your electronic fund transfer every month? Yeah. They don't care about your new business every month. They care about what the EFT is of this three to six to 12 month contract you sold them. That's all they care about. They don't care about the, how the clients are doing until a client's not doing well. And then they'll address you. What's wrong with that client? Why are you taking care of that client? And you want to answer, I'm taking care of everyone else, including the yeah. staff, including the phone calls, including everything else I have to take care of here. And then you realize I sold myself to be a trainer to a sales job, which is wow. not what you meant to do. And yeah, when you talk to the owners of these places, like, you know, they're they're not driven by the passion of helping people change their lives. No. There's two things that they worry about acquisition and then retention of that acquisition. Exactly. Yep. Because like I could I couldn't tell you how many people like that like what they bumped down to ten dollars a month just mm -hmm. to make sure that they stayed on that auto pay because ten dollars a month from somebody is better than zero from somebody. Like, Dude, scary reflection. I've seen that. I, me too. It's man. scary. That was you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, that was one of the reasons why I got out on my own because I'm like, you know what? I want my clients to have. I want my clients to have accountability. I want them to have advice. I want them to have flexibility. Like I want them to be able to do their homework and like, I don't want them to feel like they're locked into something either. 
Like when you're, when you're training with a, when you're training with a coach, like it's not my job to, to convince you to pay me. It's my job to make sure that in, that in six months from now, you actually don't need me. And you have results. Right. Yeah. And I do took all the time. And I remember I was getting, it was 2014. I was recommended at a gym I was working for. Cause I told a training manager, I was like, Hey man, I, I train my clients and I finish my clients. I teach them how to work out for themselves. His exact quote was like, that's great, but it doesn't help the business. And I was like, well, yeah, it does. I get more clients and they tell their friends and that's how they're supposed to work, you know, and not in their mind to the point where the training manager walks up to me one day and you know, most of you make your own sales. You can if you want to. And right. there's a training manager. He was like, oh man, they told me not to give you any more clients. And I looked him in the face and I was like, do you respect me? And I feel, I've had three clients sign up in the past two days. You've had zero. So what are you talking about? And he was just like, oh, and it blew his mind because he was managing down to me from what someone told him i'm like have you not looked at the numbers dude yeah. like i don't need your sales process i'm being true to these clients i'm getting to sign up anyway and it gets down to nitty-gritty of emotional feelings how do you feel about how i'm training those clients question are they getting results are they happy with the results and thirdly are they still paying if they're still paying for those two first reasons you're doing well yeah. if they're doing paying for the for the third reason which is hidden in the contract they can't cancel they're going to get pissed. They're going to leave you and they're going to blame the trainer, not the business a lot of the time. Not always, but a lot of the time. That's why I've always been in front with clients and tell them, hey, I'm not part of this business. I work for them right now. Yeah. Just so they know, hey, if something goes shady behind the scenes with the business numbers, I promise you I didn't have access to those numbers. And yeah. I'll tell people always, if I'm signing something, I can only, if you're signing now, they're going to send this up top. I don't have access to this contract now. Right. Oh, just so they know that. So they don't, oh, how can you access? No, I can't help because that place is trying to take your money. Not and for people, big box gyms are important. They they provide a good space for people who work out on their own who know how. Yeah. They also have a lot of things like yesterday I was doing a leg extension in the gym, a single leg extension for my my quads, and this this group of three kids walk up, young kids, maybe teenage late teenagers, maybe early twenties, and he's like, "Hey, bro, how many sets you got left?" And bro, I have my belt, my hypervolt percussion therapy gun. Yeah. I have my backpack. I have my water. I have my cell phone, and I'm just like, "Bro, it's gonna be about ten more minutes." Honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. And they like walked away and like did a leg press near me. And I'm like, no, the problem is kids, you don't even have a foundation. You guys can't squat the bar. So why are you doing leg press? Why are you doing quad extensions? Why are you doing hand? I have a, I'm doing rehabs for my knee, bro. For my quad. I'm, that's why it's single leg. You coming up to ask me, I almost said to him, hey, bro, you need to go get on the treadmill or you need to go run outside or do some push ups because you're 100, literally 110 pounds. You're my height or taller and your buddies are looking the same. Go eat a bunch of food, go lift a bunch of weights. This will never get you there. Right. These machines will never get you there because you're never going to have a foundational base for your core, for your chest, your back. Yeah. And these machines don't do it. A lot of these are isometric machines. Machines, machines do serve a purpose for like accessory work. And rehab. Yeah, like for me, yeah. it rehabs my knee. Yeah, like it rehabs my quad and my hamstring. And that's why I was there. So I'm not going to hurry up for these kids. I let them know, hey, man, it's about 10 more minutes. I'm not going to hurry up for you. That's my point is I'm going to hyperbole my leg again. I'm going to hydrate. I'm going to stretch. And if you want to be nearby and watch me cool, and they went and got the leg press, and I was like, ah, do and here's the thing, that's a failure of the gym because that means there's people walking all over the gym and the training manager sitting in the front desk on his phone doing who knows what, talking to the newest chick he walks by right. as per usual, right? Yeah. And it's like there's these kids walking around with no, member, no training membership and we're in one of the wealthiest neighborhoods per capita in Georgia, John Street, Windermere Parkway. Why don't you have trainers? Not that you couldn't afford them. Parents put you in these big box gyms literally as a modified daycare. Get out of my get out of my big ass house. Yeah. <laughs> get out of my gated neighborhood and go hang out in the gated gym. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's a it's a hangout. Because like there's a lot of high school kids that go to the gym that I uh, that I pay for rent at. Like and you know some of them that are like pretty jacked though. Yeah, because like, uh, some yeah. kids are dedicated. I was some, some, I was pretty big in high school. Wrestling team 
or bodybuilding kids. Like I had friends yeah. in, my, in high school who were bodybuilder kids, and like they were jacked, like yeah. jacked, like but they knew it, and they weren't being jerks about it. They were they were the most polite guys in the gym, yeah, mind yeah. you. Like they were the ones racking the waist when they were done. They were the ones asking someone else if they need a spot. Like it's weird how the buffest guys in the gym a lot of the time are some of the nicest dudes, but cultures made them not nice anymore because they they're told to be quiet and just stay in the corner and bench press the world. It's like. Okay, but he could, he could, okay, but why wouldn't you want that skill? I don't want to bench press the world, but I can learn something from that guy. He looks strong, you know, like he looks big. I'm I'm going to ask him some questions, but people just want to have a chat. Like that's why this podcast was created because I want to be able to have talks with people and be more intimate about conversations. Because like today in the gym, I've had a friend named Rusty. We've been trainers together for friends for over a decade, right? Over a decade now. No, Rusty Juno. His name's Rusty Juno. No. Rusty Shackleford. Oh, that's that's Dale Gribble's like alias. Oh, I know who yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My bad. No, Rusty yeah, June is a friend of mine. He's he's your age actually. He's he's two years older than me. Oh. We've been friends. He's as big as you are right now. I saw him today, and I was just too much in shoulder press. And and um, when that guy was on the bench, same kind of moment. And he walks up, "How you doing, bro? Good. Here's my son. I'm going to Buford. You know, I, I played at Buford growing up. So he has rapport with me, knowing I played at Buford. He played at the the rival school. So we're friends through that, you know. And yeah. Rusty's huge. He's freaking two twenty five, two thirty, I think. Benches 350, squats 405. But he only tells me that kind of stuff. He's like, bro, I, I benched 350 last week. I was like, cool, right. who, Rusty? Why don't you tell anybody else? He's like, you know, I don't care what they think. And I'm like, if I could do that, Rusty, my arms would break in half. <laughs> That's super cool, Dude, you know? And he could do more weight. He just didn't say that. I'm like, how many, how many times you get it? He's like, I got, for, I got it for three. I was like, so my mind, he's doing more. He just doesn't want to try it. You know what I mean? Yeah. In his mind, maxing out is old school maxing out. Unless you do three, you didn't do it. So his mind, oh. that's old school maxing out. Like yeah, while, yeah. while we were raised too, I was in the same kind of program he was in growing up. We had coaches tell us, you ever do one, you didn't do it. You did two, you didn't do shit. Don't tell no one about it. You did it three times and everybody felt on a phone, then you can show what you did it. Otherwise, oh. it was a strict rule. You didn't do shit. I'm going to bring that into the gym. It's, but it was, yeah. it was a culture thing for us. Like unless you do it three exact times and no one touching the bar, you didn't do no max out. You didn't get 405, you didn't get 305, you didn't get 205, you didn't get 185, you got nothing. You zeroed. Even yeah. though you did, we saw you do it twice, but no one else saw it, so it didn't count. Like, it didn't happen. Whoa! Imagine the culture that brings. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like a Henzo Gracie gym. Like, if you get a black belt from Henzo, like, 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 like Rogan says, that's freaking crazy. Like, that's not a, a small feat. That means you got beat up again and again by the craziest savages ever, yeah. and you're still around. Yeah, the amount of hours, the fat time that you put in to get that, like, that. yeah, like, that's a big deal. It is. Like, it's just, dude. It's just like. It's just like when you put when you put somebody on a five by five and you watch their bench press go up like thirty pounds in like five weeks. Mm-hmm. Like like they earn that. They they put a lot of work into that. They or you put someone on like D ball and trend, bro, and they go up like hundred pounds in like three weeks. Bro, yeah, <laughs> no, right. just kidding, bro. Dude, we, we, we put them on there like, dude, you gained sixteen pounds in a month. What are you doing? <laughs> Did you watch Gordon Ryan, bro? Gordon Ryan's gained 35 pounds in like three weeks, dog. Oh, bro, he's right back. I'm not there. kidding, bro. Yeah. No, no. Why, he, a couple weeks ago, he was 201 pounds. Now he's 245. Dude, that was like a month, Dude, a month ago. But like a Thor 2.0, yeah, like Super yeah. Saiyan 2. And that's what scares me, dude. Like he literally has gained 45 pounds in literally a month. I'm not mad at him. I'm, yeah. I'm not mad at him at all. I'm impressed. But I'll be honest. If I was Donner, I'd be like, "Hey, man, let's get you ready for the bodybuilding shows. Let's get you on them. Let's get yeah, you ready for. Right. Let's get you ready for." If I was like the guy he's working out with, that famous bodybuilder, um, the two twelve Olympia champion. You talking about the two twelve uh, all time champion? Uh, Phil Heath. No, the two twelve champion. Phil Heath, the heavyweight champion. The two twelve champion is uh. C-bomb? No, he's he's retired now. This guy's retired now. He's he was a two twelve Olymp- Mr. Olympia eight times in a row. Um, he's working out with Gordon recently. They've been hanging out in Austin, Texas, and you can tell when he's watching Gordon work out. He's like, he should be doing bodybuilding because he's still 
in shape for a show. The guy is, uh, I wish I knew his name. He says he was the Mr. 212 Olympia guy. Look him up. He's the 212 Mr. Olympia seven times in a row, I think. And he's just a freak. And the dude is like, Gordon, you should do a bodybuilding show. You look freaking sick. And I think he could win like a classic Z show, a classic bodybuilding show. Like oh, or place. Yeah, I bet he could go to the Battle of West Georgia and take over. Well, yeah, that's right that's now. not fair. Yeah. Um, but the two twelve Mr. Olympia was sick. I watched a Chris Bumstead video yesterday about the top ten lifts to keep yourself swole, and I was like, oh, that's cool. That's, that's a good, that's good advice. It's not bad advice at all. Who who do you who do you see? I'm trying to find him right now. I got I got. Oh, uh, there's on. one guy. Is his name Derek Lunsford? Oh, maybe. I got a couple of guys here. Like Kevin English won it like three times in a row. I wonder who 2008 was. This is old. This no, is old. 2008, David Henry. Mm, it wasn't him then. Um, it got, was somebody. I got David Henry. I've got Kevin English. Flex Lewis. I think it was Flex Lewis. Okay. It was Flex Lewis. Yeah, he yeah he's hanging like out with Flex. Yeah, he's playing. Uh, he's hanging yeah, with Flex. Yeah. Him and Austin. He had been Austin together hanging out. But he's Mister Two Twelve, and yeah. if, if I in in Flex is two twelve five six right five seven. Yeah, dude, dude, Gordon's like six two two forty five. If he gains like ten more pounds of muscle, he could easily do a bodybuilding show That's and win. Crazy. And not no no not not just place. He could win. And I'm like Gordon, you, just, you already won jujitsu, bro. Put that shit down. Like, pick yeah. up bodybuilding, bro. You will have a fan base that'll put you. Way above yeah. Jiu-Jitsu's and fan the base. The thing is, too, is like by the time that he's forty, he could be making millions of dollars doing it. Because you know what's crazy about like Mr. Olympia's and stuff? Like, like they don't start peaking until they're in their forties. I know, like, dude. Like the, I think the average age for like Mr. Olympia winners, like in the heavyweight division, is around forty years old. Arnold was young when he quit or when he retired. Arnold was yeah. only thirty-three when he stopped. Dude, and then he came back. Yeah, like thirty-three when he, yeah. when he came back. He what? he stopped at twenty. He pulled a Gordon. He stopped when he was yeah. twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Well, so he was the all-time champion, and he spent five years off. And you can't, Gordon can do that. He can spend five years off and come back. He could go into a bodybuilding show and come back with ADCC in style yeah. in a couple of years. And no one's going to beat him because no one trains. Like Gordon Ryan says, and this is true about Gordon, no one trains as hard as Gordon does. No one does it as much. No one studies as much. No one invests more time in filming. No one invests more time in their opponent's film. Yeah. Nobody. Really nobody. Nobody's going to beat you. And I hate to say that. That sounds bad. But if you spend 10,000 hours a year becoming a master of your craft every year, you're you're laying on layers on people everyone likes to say oh i'm getting better this month next month i'm better than i used to be we'll prove it gordon can prove it he can and and, and also with bodybuilders they can prove it show me i have to look better than i used to man what was that did you see that video of him where like he got on the microphone and basically just called everybody out and said everyone should get to with garbage and he he did dude he's (laughs) like he called him garbage and then he told you why he like told you why each guy's jiu-jitsu is garbage and i'm like oh man that's hurtful one of my favorite things that he did was when he he won that FTW contest, and then like he handed the ref an envelope before the match, and he pulled it out because he won by triangle, and it was a picture of a triangle. He's calling shots, dude. Like, that's dude, wild. You like that's king status. That's like it is. That's like that's like playing a video game on Twitch and being the best in the world, and going, "All right, only headshots this game. Nobody's got a chance." And just going boom. But like, right. you know who go? You know who reminds me? Sean Applegate, the Tin Planet coach, reminds me of Gordon Ryan's jiu-jitsu when it comes to video games. That guy will bring on any of his friends he knows, and he will slap them silly in a game room of Call of Duty yeah. no matter what day of the week. And the thing with Sean is he'll be like, all right, give me knives. They can have guns. And just I'm like, what? Like, it's some ninja stick. No, I didn't. I watched him play Call of Duty because yeah. it's so entertaining because he's so good. Like It's yeah. like watching Gordon play, play do jiu-jitsu. I don't necessarily understand what he's doing. I don't really get it. 
but it's cool. It looks awesome. I He's like crushing the, guys. I love his style, man. Yeah, speaking of Call of Duty, dude, the, mm-hmm. um, the original Modern Warfare Two, incredible. Like, really, that's that my favorite Call of Duty. Yeah, it's still. I think I've heard about that one to this day. It's it was. Great. It stayed popular. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Going. I'm gonna stop it. We're gonna go for two hours. Woo! You wanna stop here? Ah!